I feel blessed as ever then I'm the best I've ever been So with the ask you how I feel I'ma tell you I feel amazing I feel blessed as ever then I'm the best Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the month of October, October 4th on a Wednesday. Yes, it is a Wednesday, which you know means it's bearing down a great iron. Now, I know I usually do this at 1 p.m. Had to change some things up, but I was going to make sure that you got your bearing down a great iron episode. So for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I am the playmaker down in Silence here. I am Jackson with Florida, ready to talk some college football. Got some stuff to get into today because, what can I say? Brian Kelly lost another big game. Uh, Got to talk about a couple of teams in, from my state of Florida that uh, took some nasty L's, which I'm getting to. We're going to recap the slate that took place, give you my record, see how I did preview this week because we got a big week. We have a very big week today. So without further ado, let's go ahead. We're going to get this party started off right because we got to go with the two-minute drill. This literally might be actually too many because there's not that much news to get into. First order of business, Colorado star Travis Hunter likely to miss the next two games. So he already missed two. He missed the Oregon game. He missed the USC game. Both of losses for Colorado because uh, unnecessary hit he took from Colorado State's Henry Blackburn. They talked it out. They swept it a while away. Nevertheless, the result is, hey, still ain't fully recovered yet. So he's going to miss the next two games. And those are the next two games that you see on your screen at Arizona State this week. And then next week, they host Stanford. Should be able to win both of those games. Both of those teams are 1-4 on the season. So I'm pretty sure Colorado should be favorite to win both of those games to get back on track. That'll get them to five wins if they handle business, which I believe Coach Prime will, which give them one game away from being bowl eligible. And which is crazy thinking about what a team – he is taking over a team that was 1-11. Now he can win these two games. Be five and two and be one game away from bowl eligibility. Gotta gotta love what Coach Prime is doing in Colorado right now. Now there's people who are happy that he took L's in these in these two these past two games because they don't have to hear much about Colorado no more because Colorado was taking over taking over the world. But y'all have to be patient, man. Y'all have heard me say this. So those of you who've been loyal listeners watching me, thank you, uh, Vic. Thank you, Vic. Appreciate it. Victor says it's time to it's time to bear down a grid on with the hardest working super hacker to playmaker. One of these days, y'all, I will give you a backstory of where that came from, but not right now. But nevertheless, what Coach Prime has done with Colorado is great, it's good, but it's just the beginning. It is year one. Slow your roll, people. It is year one with Coach Prime at Colorado. Okay. Give him two. Give him two more. Give him to this year three. He said he's six, seven players away. He got a new coach coming. He got a new coach coming in the, the coach the D line. They won sap next year. Give him, let him handle business this year. Whatever the record is, what the record is. 
because he's not coming in and going playoff championship. That's not he. He's looking for. He's trying to see where the program is at, get the guys that he need to get, make sure he know what he needs to get during the recruiting season, get them in and build on. It. Year one, y'all y'all jumping too early. Settle down. Let Coach Brown handle business. Do what he got to do. So the next two games, even though you're not going to have Travis Hunter, Coach Prime should be able to win these games. I, I have full faith in Shredder Sanders and the rest of the Colorado Buffalo to beat Arizona State in Arizona. Not easy going to Temple, Arizona, but you should come home, hold Stanford, and do what you got to do. I love it. So, Sick Diggy, what's good? Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining me. So that's one. Let's go down to number two. Iowa quarterback came in there out for the remainder of the season with a torn ACL. Now, if you remember him, he transferred from Michigan. He was the starting quarterback from Michigan. He transferred out to go to Iowa, which is – and you hate to see stuff like this. You really hate to see stuff like this. Came in, knocking there, done for the season. Hopefully, if he chooses to, the NCAA will give him another year of eligibility because he only played – think four games i think you have to play like six i think it's like six games to get credit for get credit for a whole year of a season he only played four so i hope if he wants to come back and play another year i hope the ncaa gives him that extra year eligibility to play before he decides either to move on to the nfl or go off about his business doing whatever else but man you hate to see a guy especially at the quarterback position Done for the season with a torn ACL. Really, you, you really hate to see that. Uh, so, uh, Sid Diggy, what you got for me? Sid Diggy asked, did Cade and McNamara have a falling out with the coach with the coaching at Michigan? Honestly, I didn't dive into it. I need to be honest. I didn't even know he transferred. I really didn't. I because I didn't really pay attention to what was going on with Michigan because I was too big. Because it's it's a lot of college to try to. Make sure you get your nose and all that stuff. So, you know, I want main thing I did was make look at their schedule, see what their schedule was like, and go from there. But yeah. But it, I I I'm gonna look it up and I hopefully I have an answer for you next week, Sid, Sid Diggy. And by the way, Sid Diggy's out in Norway. So I really appreciate him watching because he's out in Norway right now. And it's like almost four o'clock on the here on the east coast in the United States. But nevertheless, yeah, I'll I'll do some research. I'll figure it out. And you know, and there's a lot of reasons people transfer. It's like let's see they can say here, there's more than one reason why certain people would transfer to another school. It's a lot of reasons, man. And NIL don't change a lot of things. The NIL really jump started the transfer portal. That's what really so now people want to go somewhere they can get an NIL deal and they are playing. That's the main two reasons right there. But there's more reasons after that. There's, there's very more reasons, but those are the main two. The trans, the NIL deal, like, gave the transfer portal a booster. Okay? So, we'll see how that goes right there. All right. Uh, before I get to the third article to end the two, let me see what V-Lock had to say. He's already made the team better than they were last year. Coach Brown is going to do where I agree. It's just the people, they, people, they, they react so quickly. And not fully understand the whole entire process, the whole entire picture. It's year one. So why is y'all doing all this? It's only year one. I always tell people when you get a new coach, take year one as it is. Whatever year one's going to be, take it as it is. Because that's 
He's trying to learn the team. He's trying to learn how to recruit, where to recruit at. He's trying to learn everything about the team that he has and what's the best way to recruit and get players there. That's year one. He got too much to he got too much to change up, deal with, and all this other stuff. So take year one as it is. Same thing with Coach Prime. Even though it's Coach Prime, take year one as it is. Combat year two. Okay, let's see if we can get a little bit of improvement. And then year three, you want to be like, hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's all I've always been. Look at Florida State, Mike Noel. Year one, okay. Take it as it is. Yeah. Year two was terrible for Mike Noel and Florida State. Year two was absolutely terrible. And now look, every minute of it. They didn't even make a bowl game in year two. But the AD at Florida State stuck with it. Year three, which was last year for Mike Noel at Florida State, 10 and 3 on the season. Made a bowl game, was in a New Year's Six bowl game at that. Look at this year. They are undefeated and ranked number four in the country. When you give coaches time, they can show you what they're about. But you, if you're not going to give them time, they don't have a chance. So with me saying that, I hope some, hope some people in Gainesville, Florida are hearing me right now. But I'll get into Florida in my next segment. All right, never heard it close out this uh, two-minute drill right here. NC State changing quarterbacks from Brian Armstrong to MJ Morris. Uh, it's been a struggle for the NC State Wolfpacks. Um, I believe they was in the top half of the um, ACC to do some things, and um, they ain't doing it. Like, let me go to the standards right now in the ACC because it's not working out right now. I don't know what's going on. And Raleigh, North Carolina. The NC State, they are three and two on the season, one and one in conference play. Like, we don't know what's going on with NC State right now. So they open the season up at UConn, beat them by 10, which is not nothing to be excited about when you can only beat a team like UConn by 10. And you got you had that big game with Notre Dame, and Notre Dame smacked you after the Weather delay with lightning and stuff in the area. You did the same thing to Vermont, which you should have did. You beat Virginia, but Virginia, oh my God, Virginia's awful. Like Virginia is God awful. Oh my God, Virginia is so awful right now. It don't make no sense. And then you lost this past week to Louisville at home. You got Marshall this week, who is four and zero, by the way. That might be a that might be an interesting game to say the least. And then you at Duke, and then you got Clemson coming in, and then Miami coming in. Oh Lord, it's gonna get even worse. I can see why the coaches made the change because they they about to hit the, they about to hit that they about to hit that schedule when the ba 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 ba. We talking game game games. Woo! Good graces. Oh, Alpha Marshall, NC State got to go to Duke, host Clemson, host Miami at Wake Forest before they can see Virginia Tech. Good looking. Everybody looking at Colorado straight. Look at that straight. Uh, Duke is balling. They barely lost to Notre Dame in, the, in this game in this past week. Clemson, oh, they pissed off. You know they pissed off. Miami, Miami is undefeated and ranked in the top 25. And then wait for it. Wait for it. Still balling even without Sam Hartman because he's the quarterback at Notre Dame now. Ooh, that's a gauntlet right there for NC State. So I can see why they changed quarterback, but we're going to see if it's going to work because. Yeah, you're not looking too good right now. Definitely not looking too good. All right, Sid Diggy says, uh, the impatience of, of the fans, you can't expect an overnight turnaround in the day. Thank you, Sid. Thank you. That's, that's it. You can't expect turnarounds that fast, all right? 
you you just can't. All right. All right, that was a two minute drill. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, recap the weekend that was. And yeah, it, the state of Florida has to hear from me on this one. We'll be back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Let me say that one more time, because you know it's true. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Dak Prescott is overrated and he shouldn't be paid, okay? And the same thing with Pollard. I mean, Pollard breaking the tackles at that 57-yard touchdown run. I mean, we needed that big time. 33 points in the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. 33 points in the fourth quarter. And that's off of four turnovers committed by the Colts. See, at one point, and the fact that at the end of the third quarter, it was 21-19, to and the final score was 54-19. to Now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is completely unexpected. Cowboy Sock is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Playmaker Spot is sponsored by Liz. Locker rooms by Lid. Shop hats and official sports gear at Lids. Lids, the leading and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats, merchandise, and gears. Represent your team, your town, and your style with a snap hat, adjustable, fitted hat, or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams. Browse the very latest jerseys and t-shirts for the best teams out there. Liz has officially licensed professional and college sports teams apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends. Shop online or visit one of the 100 stores across the country. Lock them by Liz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down and Green Iron Live here on this October 4th, 2023. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that you saw there, my brother, Alizagazar, the host of Cowboys Talk. And trust me, it's a big week for Cowboys fans. And Victor will tell you, it's a big week for Cowboys. They go into Santa Clara. They take on that team in Northern California, in the Bay Area. So, hey, listen to him. He's going to tell you what he believes what the Cowboys should do to beat that team and if they are capable of beating that team. So. Before we get into our gridiron roundup, let me see here. Victor says, I, I agree, sick. I just don't like how everyone is celebrating Coach Prime losses. Jason Woodlock probably being the loudest. I'm going to say Jason Woodlock for Wise. My brother Wise at Hefe. That's, that's his specialty right there, Jason Woodlock. I'll leave that to him. But let's get into it. We got to recap the weekend that was in our gridiron roundup. And as you see here, the, the games that we previewed last week in our campus tour, Oregon State handled business 21-7 over the two-time Pac-12 champions of Utah. They handled business. That's a uh, key loss for the Utah Utes. They usually don't lose. 
this early in the season, especially in the conference play that they showed that in the past two years. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Utah U's bounce back because not having Cam rising so far through five games, it's going, it's starting to catch up with the Utah U's because they are not experienced at quarterback like you want them to be because Cam rising is not at quarterback. Let's see how long he's, he'll be out and if he does return for the Utah Utes. But good win for the Oregon State Beavers. Keep moving up the ladder with the uh, win there. Sticking in the Pac-12, we all know what happened. USC, Colorado, 48-41, win by the Trojans. Uh, Trojans was stomping them at first, and Colorado made a fierce comeback. Caleb Williams throwing for six touchdowns. Sador Sanders throwing for five touchdowns. Great performance by both quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks made cases for their Heisman. But yet, it's going to take a lot to catch Caleb Williams. And by the way, we Caleb Williams is having people uh, a little nervous up in the NFL because he may not come out after the end of the season. He may elect to stay with USC for another year. And do it that way. So there's a lot of questions floating around because Caleb Williams has created a stir as of right now. But nevertheless, um, USC jumped out to a 21-0 lead before Colorado scored. It got to 34 before there was Colorado was able to score it again to make it 34 to 14. And then Colorado handled business, tried to come back in, but it was it wasn't too much. All right, from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, Texas. Dominant performance in the second half over Kansas in the top 25 showdown. 40-14. to 14. That second half was a blitz attack that Kansas could not handle. Um, we went into halftime with the Texas, with the Texas Longhorns leading 13-7. to 7. I'll say that again. Texas was leading at halftime 13-7. to 7. They went on to outscore the Jayhawks in the second half, 27 to 7. Just blitzed them in the second half, and Kansas had no chance. So big win for the Longhorns, which sets up a big game that's happening this weekend, which I'll get into in in our campus tour. The oldest rivalry in the South between the Georgia Bulldogs and the Army Tigers over the Plains, War Eagle. But the Bulldogs, hard-fought game, but when the when number one needed it the most, they went to their go-to guy. Bob Browers powered his way, and the Georgia Bulldogs passed the Auburn Tigers 27-20. to That man brought Browers the best tight end in the game. There's no if, ands, or buts about it, okay? Brock Browers, eight catches, 157 yards receiving with the touchdown. And that touchdown was like a 40-yard touchdown when he caught the ball across the middle and just outran the defense to give them that lead and they didn't look back. Uh, Carson Beck, for my uh, Bulldog fans out there, starting to look better and better each week. He went 23 for 33, 313 yards with a touchdown. He also threw a pick. But he's starting to look better and better. I mean, I know Georgia fans are getting a little anxious because they Bulldogs are in a lot of Close games at the moment, which they are not used to. But when you lose the amount of players that Georgia loses, things like this happen, okay? You can ask Nick Saban. You can ask, you know, uh, who else I'm thinking of. You can ask any coaches who've been coaching for a long time with a program. 
These things happen. That's why we respect Nick Saban like we do because we know he lost so many great talent, and yet he was still able to reload. Kirby Smart is on that same path. He is able to reload year after year after year. Okay, remember, we're starting to call the Philadelphia Eagles the Philadelphia Bulldogs because they keep dropping Bulldogs for that defense. So, but they're starting to pick it up. Uh, Oxford, Mississippi, as we stay in the SEC. Old Miss 55, LSU 49. Hold that thought. I will come back to that, okay, because I got something to get on right there. And then the uh, game of the week last week was Duke. Hosting Notre Dame in the top in the top twenty showdown, seventeen versus eleven, hard fought game. Duke tried to come back, but it was not enough. Notre Dame was just a little too much. Twenty one fourteen. Notre Dame walks out of dorm in North Carolina with a win, big win on the year. After losing to Ohio State the prior week before, again that they should have won, but they didn't. Now let's go back because uh, what you got here? Six six says uh. Was LSU versus Ole Miss a matter of good offense or bad defense? How about both? Okay. Because, see, I don't know if you caught me last week when I had to come down hard on Lane Kiffin because he opened his goddamn mouth knowing that he was playing Alabama and he got held at 10 points against Alabama. They lost 24 to 10 to Alabama. And we're talking about a team who scored 50 some points a game before the Alabama game. Okay. They was averaging 50 something odd points a game before Alabama, and they got held to 10. Alabama shut them completely down. You fast forward a week later this past weekend, here comes LSU, a team who stumped them more holding them last year when they went to Death Valley, which I call, by the way. Which is like, um, they do. They do old Miss kind of dirty because you play Alabama won't be in the following week. You play LSU, that's kind of dirty. But nevertheless, as you can see here, uh, Brian Kelly decided to give up 55 damn points to Ole Miss to lose the damn game. And he started off bad. Now, you can see, look at the first quarter 21 to 7, Ole Miss. It's like, What's going on with LSU? And then they bounced back. They scored 21. They sell to Ole Miss 10. And then they took the third quarter, 14 to 3. But all of a sudden, the fourth quarter happened, and they couldn't stop a damn cold. LSU couldn't stop a damn cold. If you take away 21 points in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss went into the fourth quarter with only 34 points. LSU was already at 42. Brian Kelly and Big Game, for some odd reason, don't mix. From Notre Dame to LSU, for whatever reason, they don't mix. I don't know why. Okay? I don't know why. You got your ass whooped in the second half by Florida State to open the damn season in conference play, and that was in Orlando. And then you come here, and you get your ass, and you got your ass smacked to you in the fourth quarter by Ole Miss 21-7, Brian Kelly. But yet you're in the SEC. And you know, shout out. I'm gonna give a shout out real quick. Shout out to my man uh Damian Adams, who does a great job, you know. He 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 said he's he said and I quote, you know, there used to be a time when the SEC played defense. Cause he was referring to this game. Cause this game got out of hand in a shootout. SEC is not really used to shootouts. That's not what the ACC has been. It was part of the reason why the ACC has been dominant because they play defense. 
know they're saying defense win championships. But for some reason, LSU and Ole Miss don't know how to play defense. They don't know how to play defense. So you can score 40. You can score 50 if you want to. Just know you got to stop that other offense, though, which is a good thing. But, you know, I'm, in, I'm with my boy Damien. Where is the defense at? The SEC is, is physical. Pass meeting pads. When you step on that field with an SEC team, you know you're in it for a fight. Texas goes down the, the Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Haynes 34 on Nick Saban's defense. LSU and Ole Miss just, just combined for, what, 100-something points this past weekend? Yeah, we're dealing with a lot of shootouts. I mean, it's not good because the conference is built on defense. Defense is slowly dissipating in the SEC. That's not a good thing. And check this out. Look at this. LSU, 636 yards of total offense. 706 for Ole Miss. They had over 700 yards of offense. Ole Miss, are you serious? 700. You know why? They threw for 389. Well, LSU threw for 414, but they ran for three. Ole Miss ran for 317 yards on LSU. Think about that. 317 yards rushing. Great, because, you know, when I look at LSU and I see 223, I'm like, damn, they ran for a lot of yards. But it's nothing compared to 317. They almost outgained you by 100. And then the penalty, like, I don't, how do you lose to a team? Like, somebody, somebody answer this question for me. How do you lose to a team that had 11 penalties for 121 yards? How do you lose to that team? Like, Ole Miss had 11 penalties for 121 yards. And they was able to win the game. I don't understand. But they ran for 317. They threw for 389. They had a balanced attack. They threw the ball 39 times and they ran the ball 49 times. Well, same thing, well, same thing for LSU. They threw the ball 80, 38 times. They ran the ball 37 times. But yet, they still outgained your ass with a balanced attack. Ryan Kelly, look at the time of possession. There ain't much difference. 30-43 for Ole Miss, 29-17 for LSU. But yet, somehow, this team. Brian Kelly, get you a defense because LSU is about defense. If you don't remember, remember in the days of the old Alabama and uh, LSU, we, we were looking at nine to six wins and six to three wins between them two. Now we got the Brian Kelly era, and we can we can throw up fifty five points now. No, Brian Kelly, you have to do something because guess what? In November, literally, actually, nearly a month from today. A literally a month from today, November 4th, you go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And trust me, Nick Saban remembers that loss that you gave him last year at Death Valley. Trust me, revenge is on the mind of Nick Saban. He ain't going to say it because it's Nick Saban. He's not going to say it. But trust me, Nick Saban's going to show that tape. This is what happened to us when we went to Death Valley the last time we saw LSU. This is what happened. They beat us. They came back and beat us at that. When you walk into Tuscaloosa, Alabama, them boys are going to be ready to punch you in the mouth. As Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin opened his goddamn mouth, coming in with a high-powered offense, 10 points. 10. I can literally count how many points they had on both hands. That's ridiculous. So, Brian Kelly, 
Get it together, man. Get it together. Now we must address the state of Florida. Oh, boy. So my Gators, you know, we had the big win at home against Tennessee. Uh, we had a we had a subpar game and a win against, I believe it was Charlotte. But we had to go to Lexington, Kentucky. And when we took our ass to Lexington, Kentucky, <laughs> we got our ass whooped. Let me tell you how bad that it was. How bad my Gators got their ass whooped. I can tell you this right now. I went to the Florida Gators Facebook group. Okay. And shout out to Gator Nation. That's the name of the group, Gator Nation. Love it. They love their interaction with me when I when I'm able to interact with them. They are, you know, we got good people, we got bad people. It's all good. It's a big group. But Gator Nation, the Florida Gators group, I went on here. And uh this is what I said. This is exactly what I this is exactly what I put. Quote, I'm going to hate this, but I have been working and couldn't watch the game. So how bad was the game? Because the score looks bad. If you see the score, those of you who are watching on X or formerly known as Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, that was the question I posed to the Florida Gators group. And the comments that I got, good lord. This one here, I'm not going to say no names on this one. I'm not going to say no names. But this one says here, be lucky you was making money and didn't have to sit through that. Damn. No, no, there's, no, no, there's more. Oh, there's more. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, one person says Chicago Bears bad. Is Victor still listening in? That's damn it. Victor will tell you, for somebody to comment and say Chicago Bears bad, that is damning. And I am a Gator fan. And when somebody in the Gators group compared the Florida Gators to Chicago Bears. Oh, my gosh. They said abysmal. Worse than you could imagine. This one, this one person, they sent a picture and it says, uh, after this got all off a game, I will need to take Pound of a few now. Go Gators. Great loss. We are definitely going to get going to get good at losing. Where'd it go? On the upon further review, I'm going to need another drink. Gator Nation, I hope Gators, I hope y'all are hearing this, cause for me to have people to say, be happy that I was at work and couldn't watch the game, that that is that's not good. That's not good at all. I should not be I should not be happy that I had to work and miss my Gator game and for people to say I'm lucky to miss that. I have a coworker who said is that same thing. He would have rather been at work than watch what he watched than watch what he watched Saturday at Lexington, Kentucky. That's bad. Victor says he's here, yeah. If it's the Bears bad, yeah, it's very bad. Even Victor confirms that. That's terrible. That's literally terrible. I mean, Florida, you, you, y'all got punched in the mouth 16, 23, nothing before y'all even scored. And then once y'all scored, I thought y'all might have to make a comeback. Because I was looking at the scores, but I couldn't see the game, so I was checking scores every now and then. 
but you never made a comeback. I mean, um, that's ridiculous because you let a running back, a running back by the name of uh, Ray Davis for Kentucky to have 26 carries. Now, Victor, this is how bad it was. Remember this name from the Kentucky Wildcats running back. Remember this name, Ray Davis. 26 carries, 280 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Ray Davis, 26 carries, 280 yards rushing. That is a 10.8 average per carry with three touchdowns. This is the Florida Gators we're talking about here. And I am literally trying not to be ticked off right now. Because when you gave up 280 yards worse to one running back, not two, one running back, one running back. As a team, they ran for 329. And 280 came from one, one running back. 280. 280! They, and you know what make it even worse? You know what make it even worse? The Kentucky Wildcats only passed for 69 yards. The Kentucky Wildcats only passed for 69 yards. Nine completions out of 19 throws for 69 yards. But they was able to run the ball 36 times for 329 to an average of 9.1 per carry. 9.1 per carry. One running back was running for 10.8 a carry. What is that? You, he was right. Abysmal. Oh, what was that, Billy Napier? I'm calling you out because you're the head coach, damn it. You get a big-ass win against, against Tennessee. In the swamp, and you go to Lexington and got this crap. This is what you put on the field. Now, to Billy Napier's credit, he did come out and say, uh, whatever criticism that comes our way, we deserve it. Because damn straight you do. Because 329 rushing yards to 69 passing yards. Ooh, that just, that, that's, that hurts. That hurts. And then on our side, we, we threw the ball for 244 yards, and we only ran the ball for 69 yards. So we matched Kentucky passing game with our run game. That don't work. And But guess what? That was not the most egregious thing. And Victor said, I don't know you. Y'all going to be sucked by me saying that. That wasn't the most egregious thing that happened in the state of Florida, surprisingly. So let's leave Lesson in Kentucky. Let's actually go to the state of Florida. And matter of fact, why be going to the state of Florida? Let's go to the bounce out that is Orlando, Florida. The Baylor Bears got their second win of the season against the UCF Knights, 36 to 35. Here's the problem. Um, those, if you can see what's over here on this right side, you do see the score of 
the Knights dropping out to the 21-0 lead before Baylor scores. And then you see them go to a 35-7 lead. And then Baylor comes back and wins the game. Halfway through the third quarter, the UCF Knights were up 35-7. to And then they got outscored 29 points straight. This is home at the Browns' house. How do you do that? Especially when you're new to the conference. The newcomers come in here. They smack Baylor around because Baylor don't look good whatsoever this year. They look horrific. And they were able to score 29 on NC. From 3.20 left in the game. 3.20 left in the third quarter. That is three minutes and 20 seconds left in the third quarter when they kicked that field goal to make it 35 to 10. And they outscored you the rest of the way. What the hell Gus Miles on? What any blue hell was that? I need answers. Because that's, I don't know what to call that. Because we talk, if we call the Gators game abysmal, I, I don't know, maybe sick digging and victory. Maybe y'all can help me find a word to call this game. Because we can't use abysmal because we just used it for the Florida game. I, I don't know what to call this. 29 straight points to win. 29 straight. I can, I can see if it was back and forth, nip and tuck, and then you lost because you don't have your damn starting quarterback, which is John Ryan's Plumley, because he's out. But Tim McCain did his thing. 13 for 25, 234, two touchdowns, one pick. You're running back. Johnny Richardson, six carries, 105 yards on the touchdown. What what happened to what happened? Defense couldn't stop them for some reason, but the offense couldn't score no more. What 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 is that? Like literally, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm I'm I didn't get the I ain't get the statistics to put up here, but I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I'm don't I'm not understanding. I we we're talking what? 446 yards for Baylor, 469 for UCF, which UCF wins that one. 293 passing for Baylor, 234 for UCF, Baylor wins that one. 153 yards rushing for Baylor, 235 rushing for UCF. Diggy says, UCF got sloppy and fell in quicksand. Who greased the pit skin in the fourth quarter? I, 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 don't, I don't have an answer. Victor says, I don't even think Padetti is the word we can use. Trash juice, maybe. Victor don't even know what words to use because it's 29 unanswered. 
What are we doing? Good. Oh my gosh. Like, oh. You know what? We're gonna have, we're gonna take our other break before I before I go too far because we got we got some we, we got to get to the we got to get to this weekend because we got a good weekend of slate here. So, but UCF Gus on y'all better do something, okay? Because the fact that y'all lost this game is the reason why y'all didn't even make the slate for a campus tour. Because you were slated in the campus tour because the game that you got coming up this week, but you somehow blew a twenty-eight point lead and lost the game, and it's like any in a point. So get it together. All right, so that was the girl down around them. Browse the very latest jerseys and hats and hats. Took 21 years, but hey, the Rams are Super Bowl champions once again. Down at the Playmaker Silence here, longtime Ram fan and the host of the RLA Rams podcast called Ramley Talk. On Ramley Talk, I tell you how it is. The good, the bad, the indifferent. Coming with straight facts, with war emotion, and authentic viewpoint on the Los Angeles Rams. Don't matter what area you grew up in, it could be the fifth and fourth. Welcome to Ringside Chaos the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed thing with Tony Khan now being in talks to WWE, I'm going to be honest with you. I spoke to this with Ricky Litwinkowicz, a.k.a. the Master of Mayhem, and he honestly believes that me talking about Tony Khan buying WWE is a basically I'm kind of wasting my time because Ricky believes it's never going to happen. Okay. Now, I, now don't get me wrong. Ricky, I respect, his, I respect what he says. He's, he could very well be correct. But I got to be honest with you, the fact that Khan is interested in supposedly buying WWE, to me, that's definitely worth talking about. Now, <laughs> now I should mention this. Shout out to Ricky, by the way. And I got to mention this, that even Jim Cornette already had something to say. And he said, and I quote, ridiculous to think that could happen, unquote. <laughs> the wrestling fan that's been super supportive of Brody Lee as a wrestler and everything that WWE could have done with him, and, you know, everything that he could have shown and, you know, offered for the wrestling business. You know, for me, I, just, I wasn't just a fan of Brody Lee himself, like, in character. I strongly respected him, you know, as a human being. Like, I had a lot of respect for Jonathan Huber. You know, that's Mr. Brody Lee's real name. So, basically, I had a lot of respect for Brody Lee, Luke Harper, and, of course, Mr. Jonathan Huber. Particular episode was about world-class championship wrestling and the episode title is you know WCCW wrestling's Lone Star legacy and because I am the bear of Texas and I do hail from the Dallas Fort Worth area of the state of Texas world-class championship wrestling was basically my territory as far as being a wrestling fan goes ladies and gentlemen 
Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Playmakers Bar is proudly sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, the number one shop where sports fans across the world love to get their sports gear and fan them all. A wide selection of gears from every league, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, the NCAA, and of course, the WWE. But it is football, basketball, baseball, hockey, even soccer, golf, no matter what sport it is, their sports appeal for every fan of every sport. Fanatics with sports fan shop and efficient license everything. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down the Gridiron. Thank you for that uh, little snafu there. My, that's on my part. Uh, Ringside Chaos, Alex Akasar. Check him out because he talked about Edge being in AEW. Yes, Edge is in AEW. Adam Copeland. Uh, we have a pay-per-view coming up, Fast Lane. He's going to preview that. So much going on in wrestling right now. So if you're a wrestling fan, wrestling, Ringside Chaos is one for you. Uh, if it does not, also, I am a part of a wrestling show. Uh, shout out to my boy, Kuma Kane. Uh, Monarchs of Wrestling, Kuma Kane, myself, Wise. Uh, we just added Cole Johnson to the team. Key Williams, Steve. So we talk it out. They did a great job. Key, Wise, and Cool, they did a great job Monday getting you ready for a fast lane, talking about the week that was in wrestling. So you got two shows of wrestling you want to get into right there. So now it's time. It's what's time for that y'all love most, you know, which I love to see. And we're going on our campus tour. And to begin our campus tour, I just got on Brian Kelly. And guess what? You have another big game on your hands because this is a top 25 matchup in the SEC when you take your LSU Tigers to Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers, who are surprisingly undefeated, by the way. The Missouri Tigers are undefeated, okay? Undefeated. I'm just excited to y'all because I didn't see it coming. I did not expect the Missouri Tigers when I started this to be where they at right now, sitting at five and zero. I didn't expect it. I, I I truly didn't expect it. Okay, I didn't. I don't know what's going on up in Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, right now, but these boys are playing some football. They are literally playing football. Okay, I'm trying to figure it out because when I look at this schedule, there's some good wins on this schedule. Okay, we're talking Missouri opened their season. Missouri opened a season against South Dakota. Should, should win that one. Middle Tennessee State should win that one. Kansas State comes walking in, ranked 15 in the country. They're reigning defending Big 12 champions, and they beat them on a 60-yard field goal. Then they followed that up with Missouri, with the Missouri Tigers coming in, and they beat them. And then they just went to Vanderbilt and took care of Vanderbilt. Now you got LSU walking in. Now, here's where things get interesting. 
here, okay? Because Missouri, if you beat LSU, you get a date with the Kentucky Wildcats, okay? You got Kentucky, then you got South Carolina coming in before you meet Georgia November 4th. That is the same week LSU and Alabama get together. So we could have two premier games in the SEC. Missouri at Georgia, LSU at Alabama. And speaking of LSU, I told you, you have a month to be literally a month from today to prepare for Alabama. You got Missouri this week at Missouri. Okay. You got Auburn coming to Death Valley the week after. You got Army after that. You take a bye week and then you face it. You head to Tuscaloosa. One of y'all going to get a big win. A much needed win, too. And it needs to be Brian Kelly and LSU, but I don't know. That might not be my pick, though. That would be next seven. Does Brian Kelly drop to three and three and Missouri goes to six and zero, oh? Or does Brian Kelly right the ship, get to four and two, give Missouri their first law? Like you said, Victor, the battle of the cats. We're going to find out which cat is ruling the SEC at the moment in time. Because right now, it's looking like Missouri. Because, boy, this is going to be a big game. 12 p.m. ESPN. That's how you kick off your college Saturday. That's game one. Game two from Columbia, Missouri to Columbus, Ohio for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Ohio State Buckeyes is getting the spotlight because uh, they are hosting Maryland. The number four team in the country are in a uh, Big Ten undefeated matchup with the Terrapins. The Terrapins come in 5-0 and to the Buckeyes 4-0. and And uh, ESPN is giving Maryland out a chance in hell. 90.6% Buckeyes. Okay? They're not getting a chance in hell to do this. And I can see why, because Maryland hasn't really paid nobody. Okay? You beat, you beat Townsend. Who is that? You beat Charlotte. Hell, Florida beat Charlotte. What does that tell you? Uh, the Virginia Cavaliers, they ain't even won a damn game yet. Virginia has lost to Tennessee, George Mason, Maryland, NC State, Boston College. So the Virginia Cavaliers haven't even won a damn game. Michigan State, they ain't turmoil because they just lost their head coach for, uh, for some uh, sexual reasons. Or shall I say some pleasure reasons. And then you beat Indiana. What has Indiana done? Let's see. Indiana, they beat Indiana State. They lost to Louisville. They beat Akron. They lost to Maryland. So they pretty much a 500 team. So Maryland hasn't really played nobody. So you go to Columbus, Ohio to face the Buckeyes, and uh, you just might get your teeth kicked in because Ohio State is a 20-point favorite. Good luck, Maryland. From Columbus, Ohio to Los Angeles, California. UCLA and the Pats were as the Bruins are hosting the Washington State Cougars. 3 p.m. on the Pat 12 Network. This is a road test for the Washington Cougars. This is an opportunity for a 4-0 team to get to 5-0 and do it so against a one of the top favorites to win the Pat 12 in the UCLA Bruins. UCLA, they are trying to uh Bounce back from the loss to Utah last week. 
Y'all don't mean the week before they had a bye week. So the week before their last game two weeks ago was against Utah. They took an L, and then as we know from the previous from the great iron round, Utah took it out to Oregon State. So Washington State comes in at four and zero. UCLA three and one. They had a bye week to get ready. ESPN doesn't believe that Washington State can survive this one. As ESPN has it 65, 66.5 for UCLA to 33.5 Washington Cougars. It's going to be interesting to see. Vegas says 3.5 Bruins. Um, I'm, I'm not a better, but I'm, if, I'm, if I learn from some of the people that I learned from correctly, that 3.5 doesn't look good. That might be a bet you want to stay away from. That might be a bet you want to stay away. You might want to pick that one straight up. Just a thought. But I'm not a better, though, so you don't have to listen to me. But that should be an interesting game in the Pac-12. Can Chip Kelly bounce back, get a big win over a 13-ranked team? Or can Wazoo keep it going, keep the keep the madness going over the Pac-12? Because the Pac-12 has been balling this year. There's no, no ands buts about it. The Pac-12 has been balling this year, okay? So we'll see how this goes down in the sunny California. From L.A. to Texas. College Station, Texas, that is. But it is one of the marquee games of the SEC schedule. As usual, 3.30 on the S on CBS, SEC on CBS. Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher hosting number 11, Nick Saban in Alabama. I like Lane Kiffin. Jimbo don't put his foot in his mouth when it comes to that team named Alabama. We have here two teams that are four and one on the season. Somebody's gonna get their second off of the season and be done for the season. As far as trying to make the SEC championship game from the West and hopes of sneaking into a uh, playoff appearance. So Alabama's the ranked team. AM is not the ranked team, but you never know. ESPN says 66.3% Crimson Tide. So that gives the home team that is Jimbo Fisher and the AM Mag is 33.7% to win this game. I feel that's a bit disrespectful. I feel that's a bit disrespectful, okay? We know how this goes. When you got a team like Texas AM at home and they get disrespected like that, they're going to come out ready to play. Now, Nick Saban, they, he might have found something. He might have found something in defense that say, defense, y'all have to play good football. That way, our offense can do what it needs to do just to give you enough points, which will probably be like 20, 24 points in that range. You play Alabama defense, and nobody can stop us. The way he did the Ole Miss 24 to 10, and Ole Miss averaged 50-odd points a game. Look at last week. They dropped 55 on LSU. Just throwing that out there, okay? Shout out to uh, Rod Isner. How you doing, sir? Good to see. He, he says he says Alabama road tire. I do not blame you one bit. And by the way, they they did just get done putting up forty on Mississippi State. By the way, and that was at start and that was at starts with Mississippi. So Alabama is rolling right now, but we'll see what a uh, good old Jimbo Fisher got up his sleeve with Nick Saban and see how that goes in that one. So we're going to leave College Station. And we're going to head, you know, down to the uh, Athens, Georgia area, over the hedges, as the Georgia Bulldogs are the number one team in the country in a top 10 SEC showdown with the Kentucky Wildcats. 5-0 versus 5-0. and 
Georgia hasn't looked like the number one team in the country. It's been some struggles. Georgia fans have expressed their struggles with me, despite them being undefeated. Kentucky coming out beating the brace off my Florida Gators, as we all talked about earlier today. Wasn't pretty, but they did what they needed to do. And they have beaten Florida three straight times. Okay. Now, here's a team that here's another team that Kentucky has has, has problems beating late, as of lately. Before they start whipping on Florida, they couldn't beat Florida. But here's the other team they couldn't beat. The Georgia Bulldogs. So Kentucky coming off wins against Ball State. East, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt, and Florida. Not bad. Georgia, coming wins off University of Tennessee Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UNAB, and Auburn. So you can probably say neither team has pretty much a, a, a marquee win on their schedule. Now, you might say Florida because Florida was ranked 22nd in the country when they played, which was last week. And Georgia ain't played nobody that was ranked. So you can say that. But nevertheless, this is still the reigning defending two-time national champions in the Georgia Bulldogs. Still led by Kirby Smart. Georgia's a 14-and-a-half favorite. With ESPN saying 86.2% in favor of the Bulldogs to 13.8% of the Kentucky Wildcats. We shall see because the Kentucky Rockets, they can run the ball because they damn near ran, they ran it for over 300 yards on us. So let's see if that Georgia defense is still that Georgia defense now with a rank versus rank matchup on the year. So let's just see. Let's just see how that goes. Okay. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we have our spotlight game of the week. And the spotlight game of the week takes us to Dallas, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to kick off the day with this 12 p.m. ABC, Dallas, Texas, the Red River Showdown, the Red River Robbery, wherever, wherever which way you want to call it, don't matter. This is the game of the week, college game, they will be there. This is the final Red River game of the Big 12 because next year it will be the Red River Robbery for the SEC going forward. Our top 15 showdown. Both teams are undefeated. We have here number 12, the Sooners of Oklahoma. Number three, the Texas Longhorns. I want to see how Brent Vertebro does this go around in the Red River rivalry. Because last year you got your ass whooped. To the tomb of 49 to nothing. Okay? They beat your ass. They put them, they stumped the mud hole in you and they walked the dry like Stone Cold Steve Austin. 49 to 0 last year. What you gonna do, Baron Federal? What you gonna do? Okay? Texas, though. You look good, Texas. You're looking real good. You handled business against Rice. You took your ass to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You took down Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide by 10. Can't remember the last time Nick Saban had a game where he lost by 10 points at home. That says a lot. 
You took care of Wyoming, you handed business against Baylor, and then you put a dad's whooping in the second half against the Kansas Jayhawks in an undefeated matchup. That's what you did, Texas. Hook them horns, darn it. Maybe if you're Oklahoma on the other side. Arkansas State, 73 to nothing. SMU, 28-11. Tulsa, 66-17. Cincinnati, you welcome Cincinnati to the Big 12 with a 20-6 beating. And that was at Cincinnati, by the way. And then last week, you faced off with Iowa State and you dropped 50 on them. So the argument can be made, um, Oklahoma and Brent Vittable. Who the fuck did y'all play? Because we got Texas out here. Going to Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama in Nick Saban. We got them beating the undefeated Kansas, and they dropped 40 on them. So all eyes is on Texas right now. I wonder if Oklahoma can use that to feel some type of way. Six and a half Vegas says for the Longhorns. ESPN says, ooh, ESPN says 54.6 in favor of the Sooners. Giving Texas 45.4% of winning this game. Things is getting interesting. ESPN and Vegas are going opposite ways on this one. Now, those of you who know me, y'all know I tell you every time, throw the records out the door. Throw the rankings out the door. This is a rivalry game. So, And the fact that Oklahoma has that 49 nothing taste in their mouth from last year, I expect a different type of Oklahoma team to show up Saturday afternoon. For a kickoff at 12 p.m. on ABC down in Dallas, Texas. Or should I say 11 Central Time if you're in Dallas? So I'm interested in this one. And we'll see who I pick because I did pick one of these two teams to, uh, you know, win that conference going out. Which one who I pick? Maybe you'll find out when I do my bear down pick six. But... I'm going to keep it rolling along. Yes, the Van Van vote now. Be some confusing because. I had Texas A&M Alabama in that slate because I was going to do UCF, and I believe it was UCF in Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, obviously the blunder that, UC, that UCF pulled off, I had to go a different route. So so since I since I put Alabama and Texas A&M in the slate, the, the next game who got the second most votes was the Syracuse Orangemen going to Chapel Hill to take on the North. Carolina Tar Heels. You would have voted. This was the second game on that you voted for. So we have to talk Syracuse in North Kakalaki. Syracuse 4 and 1 on the season. North Carolina undefeated at 4 and 0, ranked 14th in the country. It's going to be interesting to see how this one is going to be. Uh, ESPN says 61.2% for Tar Heels at home at Chapel Hill. Vegas has North Carolina by 8. For North Carolina. Uh, Syracuse, you come into the game with the win of a Colgate, Western Michigan, Purdue, and Army, and then you got your ass whooped by the Clemson Tigers because they were pissed off because they lost to Florida State. They want to keep it 100. North Carolina, on the other hand, the Battle of the Carolinas to open the season against South Carolina, you took care of that one. Another thrilling game. Two overtime game, another thriller one with the Appalachian State, but you win that one. Boy, your boat came down to Chapel Hill and you took care of business in that one. And then you went to Pitt and you made Pitt, but it is Pitt. So 
you know, it's going to be interesting how this one goes. Syracuse coming in. You know, Syracuse is not known to having big road wins, but this is a great test for the Orange men here. Can they go down to Chapel Hill and can they upset number 14 and send a message to the ACC that uh, North Carolina is right here and they are ready to rock and roll. All right, quick break. When we come back, my picks from the campus tour as we close up shop. Pain Train, Pipe Bomb Productions, and the Playmakers blog are now both partnered with Fanatics. Fanatics is now your new home for all fan merchandise from the MLB, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLS, NASCAR, WWE, International Soccer Leagues, and golf. Check out the links below for everyday deals on fanatics.com. And it's just right into the bear down pick six. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm picking Missouri to beat LSU. I might take an L. I might take an L. I don't know. I just might take it out because, uh, yeah, you 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 think you'll pick LSU after them losing to Ole Miss the way that they did. But I'm picking Missouri. All right, I'm going that route. I'm going with a I'm going with an underdog here. I'm picking Missouri to beat LSU. Next, give me a debug, guys, man. When was the last time Maryland beat Ohio State? And then when is the last time Maryland beat Ohio State in Columbus? Give me the debug, guys. Next. Give me the Cougars of Washington State. They will roll into the Rose Bowl. They will roll into Pasadena, California. They will take down Chip Kelly. They will send a message to the world. This, this start that you're seeing is not a fluke. This is for real. I am believing in the Cougars of Washington State. Give me Alabama. Like, I'm not going against Nick Saban. I like Jimbo. Jimbo's done a terrific job of not doing well at Texas a <laughs> Give me Alabama and Nate Saban. I'm not going against this man. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. <sighs> Give me Georgia. As much as I would love to see Georgia lose, as much as I would love to see Georgia lose, nah, I'm not going to do it. I think Georgia will find a way to contain that damn renegade of Kentucky. And then... Can Kentucky handle Bart Browers? I don't think so. Give me the Bulldogs at home. Let's give me the Bulldogs at home. Okay. Now, the uh, spotlight game of the week, ladies and Oklahoma. Let's go Sooners. Let's go Sooners. This it's not a smart pick for what most people are saying right now. Why would you pick OU when Texas is the much better team? They went to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and they beat Texas. Well, guess what? I picked Oklahoma to win the Big 12. I said when I previewed the Big 12, it'll be great that Oklahoma says, y'all must have forgot who ran this conference for most of the time, which is Oklahoma. We're going to go out running this conference. I'm sticking with my preseason pick. Give me this soonest to upset the Longhorns. 
I might get two wrong this week. Who knows? And then for the Fanasta Point vote, give me the North Carolina Kakalakis of Tar Heel Nation to the state undefeated and take down Syracuse. Now, for those of you who are running before we get out of here real quick, I am currently, I think I'm in 20 and 10 on the year right now, 20 and 10. Let me go back to the record books here. Because I went 5 and 1. Yeah, I went 5 and 1 in week 5. That put me at 20 and 10 for the week. I have missed three extra point games because Arkansas, BYU, and my Florida Gators. Let's see if I can get this one right with North Carolina. But real real quick before we get out of here, I'm taking Missouri to win the Tiger Bowl. I got Ohio State beating Maryland. I got Washington State going to Pasadena and take down LSU. I mean, UCLA. I have Alabama handling business against Texas A&M, even if it's in College Station. Georgia handles home business against Kentucky. I'm taking the Sooners to win the Red River rivalry. And then I got North Carolina as my extra point pick. So let's see what I do this week. Thank y'all for tuning in this week. Appreciate you. Appreciate the support. You know, you can always follow us, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, X, which is formerly known as as a Twitter, LinkedIn. We are everywhere. We want to catch a replay of this of this broadcast, and you can catch the audio form on all streaming platforms: uh, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. So, with that being said, I am thankful. I appreciate y'all hanging out with me today. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow. Rambly talk. Got a recap what took place in Indianapolis. Look forward to a game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I will see y'all later. Deuces. You just experienced Bearing Down and Gridiron, hosted by Downhill to play Mr. Silence in collaboration with Art Brothers Football. Bear Down and Gridiron is sponsored by Liz Fanatics and Bear. Plus, if you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via Cash App at dollar sign D Playmakers at dollar sign D Playmakers. Remember, Bearing Down and Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcast lovers, leave us a rate review. Let us know what you enjoy about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune in again next time for more Bearing Down the Gridiron, hosted by The Playmaker.